Welcome to the Heads Up for Tales podcast. I'm Rashi Narang, your host and also the founder at Heads Up for Tales. I know that the relationship you have with your pet is one of the most fulfilling kinds of love that you can experience. And I also know that your pets deserve the best life that you can give them. This podcast is dedicated to understanding our pets better so we can enrich their lives. And each week, I'll be sharing my learnings as well as bringing on experts to give us more insight on pet care, nutrition, grooming, training and more for both dogs and cats at every life stage. I hope you find great value in this podcast and it helps strengthen the bond that you have with your pet companions. Today we have with us behavior consultant Sindhur to explain the subject of calming signals to us. Sindhur was formally trained by Turid Rugas in 2013 and she has been a very highly respected professional in the industry and in the field for almost 10 years now. And as she puts it, she learns about dogs from dogs. Uh, Sindhur has just recently written a book called Dog Knows, which helps pet parents understand the world from their dog's perspective. So Sindhur, welcome to the Heads Up for Tales podcast and thank you so much for being here and taking the time out today. Thank you so much. I, you know, when you said dog knows and learning to learn from dogs, it's sitting right here. So I was like, hey, you know, I have the demo right here. Thank love. you so much for having me, Rashi. I think this is going to be a very fun discussion. I love talking about this topic. So awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Great. So diving straight in, uh, Sindhu, I think one of the things that really fascinates me is how dogs talk to us. Uh, and they talk to us through calming signals. And I would love for you to explain to people who haven't heard about this before on what calming signals really are. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think we all know that animals communicate. This is this is not news. We all know that animals communicate with each other. This much we know. Um, and if you go back to our school days, uh, you've probably heard people say, oh, you know, dogs bark, cats mew, cows mew. Uh, and that's great, except it's not as simple as that. A lot of us are then wired to believe that dog communication is as simple as oh, barking or growling or whining. These things we know or wagging of the tail. This is something that we know a little bit of. But I think what's interesting is calming signals is actually uh, dogs using facial expressions and body language signals, very specific ones to communicate. And there is a huge repertoire. So with barking, we have a few different kinds of barks, actually, uh, and roughly around six, seven kinds of them. But when we go to facial expression and body language, we're looking at more than 30 odd signals. So really the bulk of dog communication is happening through these signals that we call the two-red point, the term calming signals. Uh, and what's really interesting and is uh, should be a lot of interest to us is dogs are very unique animals in that they use a lot of these signals to communicate not only with each other, but with us too. So the more we understand, you know, all of that, along with the barking, but you know, all, barking is like, the shouting. This is the kind of, you know, the no more normal conversation. And the more we understand that, I think the better our uh, overall communication is going to be with dogs. And that kind of really helps our relationship. So that's coming signals. And that's why you need to be aware of it. That is so fascinating. Um, it's just so intriguing that they've been speaking to us all these years. And most of us don't really know that they're talking to us. Could you perhaps point out a couple of signals that people can start to look for? Sure. 
So when I uh, talk about coming signals, please remember there are a few caveats. You always have to look at it in context. You always have to understand it's not as simple as, oh, if you see this signal, that means this in English. It's not a one-is-to-one -one mapping. But dogs tend to use coming signals when they are either stressed or excited, uh, either as a way to communicate to the other individual or as a way to tell them, hey, you calm down, or to tell them, I am getting stressed, I am getting too uh, agitated. So we have mild signals, which are very subtle, very easy to miss. So there's blinking. Uh, you can often see that licking of the lips and blinking uh, and yawning. These are very easy to see when we point the camera at them. When we try to take a picture, invariably, this is where we see it. We don't see it live, but we see it in still frames quite easily uh, because they don't like us sort of in their face, holding something in their face. So that's a great example of context. Um, so you're going to see uh, uh, some of the other signals is sort of a head turn, body turn. Um, and then those are kind of now beginning to get louder. Uh, so they really do not like what's happening. Then you see those uh, bigger signals. And then when they get absolutely nervous and terrified, you're going to see much bigger signals like sitting down, lying down, um, even going up to sort of, you know, rolling over and uh, belly up. Uh, these are all kind of body language uh, based communication. Okay. Okay. And Sindur, are these common to dogs across the world, common to breeds? Uh, sizes, life stages. Yeah. It's amazing that you asked me that question because, you know, I learned about these signals in the fjords of Norway by this Norwegian woman who's never been south of the equator, I suppose. Well, she's been to Australia, but anyway, you get the point. I learned it in this kind of a world that is so different from ours. And then I come to India and I look at the street dogs and I see the same signals. Uh, I see at our pet dogs, I see the same signals. So absolutely, they are across the board. It's, uh, it's something that they're born with. It's like asking, hey, do all tigers roar? Yes, no matter where in the world they are, they're going to be roaring. But that there is difference. There is a slight difference to it. These are, at the end of the day, communication, which means that individuals will tailor their communication based on what they can use effectively. For example, a black dog, if a black dog blinks, it's not going to be visible. Okay. So it's poor communication. So a black dog is likely to lick. Why? Because a pink tongue on a black face is very visible. Whereas a light dog, you know, your Labradors and all that tend to use blinking a lot more. So there is going to be nuance. There is going to be a certain amount of variation. And also remember that communication gets better with usage and guidance. So the more chance they've had to be in the company of other calm, communicative dogs, there are more signals. And in some dogs, you'll see very few signals. And in very few dogs, you'll see very close to zero signals. But that talks about very poor mental and emotional health. So if you really see very, very few signals, it, it can happen. But it's a very serious thing that needs professional help. But otherwise, short answer to your question is yes, it's quite universal. <laughs> It's interesting you said how the dog, black dog versus a golden dog give out different signals. And I think that it just, it just amazes me how nature's inbuilt all of this because it's not that the black dog knows that they are black, but yes. yet 
you know they're able to to give out signals differently to make sure that their message reaches across yes yes and i think that kind of brings home the point that communication is always a two way thing it's not just about i talk and you know i don't care where it goes right i talk i express myself and how do you react to it and i suspect that's how dogs learn that i used signal a b c but only signal a seems to work and b c simply don't seem to work so i don't need to know that i'm black or light colored or dark colored what i need to know is this signal is just not working for me so i can't use it right i think that's the kind of learning that they do which also tells us then that they need the company of other dogs to be able to learn but other polite calm dogs who can teach them communication and not just run around in mad circles right right awesome and and zindur i know that you've done a lot of research on this subject first hand research not just learning um i'd love for you to talk a little bit about that what was that journey like how did you start what were the things that you were trying to observe on on that uh, journey Yeah so for that you need to understand a little bit about my background i'm an engineer which means that i love numbers okay <laughs> any any question asked the answer in numbers is what i like and so when i went and met toured in norway and i learned about a lot of these things that sounded very interesting and i said hey all of this sounds very fascinating but i need data i need to i need to see this myself so when i came back and tourid was talking about oh you know you don't need to train these signals all dogs are born with it they know it so i said who better to study than street dogs because nobody has trained them so if tourid is right then these signals have to be there in the street dogs too so let me start you know testing it so we started doing research on that um we've done different kinds of research uh, studies on these uh, street dogs uh, communication was more of a recent one that we did uh, uh, in the past we've done kind of the activity budget of how much time they spend doing different activities and uh the communication bit i think what is absolutely fascinating is how nuanced how quick and how quickly the signals kind of come and go so rapidly i think that's that's really been the big takeaway for us awesome. and how long has this research been going on for a uh, <laughs> long time i actually started the first one i think in 2013 so it's been going on since uh, we haven't actually got around to publishing it yet but we're very close to and i think that's the next step for us is to start by publishing it in a few journals and then uh, see what's the next uh, next step for us but uh, me and my students have been at this for quite a while now <laughs> i think that will be really fascinating because i don't think anything like this has been documented on our indies and i think that they just give people such a great insight into how they communicate and yeah. that really brings me into my next question on why would you tell us why you think it is so important to learn this language and to be able to spot this how how does it help people and how does it help their relationships and in general why do you think this is important sure I think uh, like I said you know all communication the better we uh, so for example if you move to bangalore city you will do better if you learn kannada you just will right i mean you can choose not to and you can choose to throw a tantrum saying people need to understand me but the truth of the matter is if you learn the local language 
you will understand better you will communicate better and your relationships improve and that is the same whether it's cross species or within the species so the more you learn how dogs are communicating the more you will understand what they're trying to say maybe there are things that you have always believed your dog loves but your dog doesn't love that and you've never understood that but if you understand calming signals you see that your dog you know every time i always thought my dog loves hugs but i go and hug and my dog is giving these signals oh does that mean my dog doesn't like hugs possible it's very difficult for us to imagine that something we love so much and such a tender act of love is uh, something that a dog doesn't necessarily appreciate doesn't mean they don't love us but even with us right human beings some of us are huggers and some of us are not and just because we have this auntie who loves hugging and every time she comes home and she gives me this big bear hug and i tolerate it but if she understood me squirming if she understood that i don't like i am not a great hugger i don't like hugs that much and now my students understand that they see it on my face and uh, they you know they come and they uh, they will either high five me or they will smile or you know we have other ways of establishing uh, sort of that warmth um and because they do that and they understand that i am so much more comfortable with them that's i think the big uh, value of understanding it you know getting the dog's point of view because when we don't let's say that we keep hugging 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 now a lot of us think that dogs love hugs but the truth is that animals in general do not like feeling trapped you know there's no other animal in the world who can hold like that and they won't squirm or kind of bite your face off dogs tolerate us for a long time but they've probably been telling us with these signals i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it we have not read the signals one fine day let's say that the dog is having a bad mood a nasty headache something and then you hug and the dog loses it and growls or even nips or bites and then we are surprised and shocked because we're like bite came out of nowhere yeah but most times 99% of the times what i see is the bite didn't come out of nowhere the dog was telling you for the past several years the dog has been telling you with these signals you just simply were not aware of it you didn't see it so i think a lot of heartache can be avoided if we understood what is being said by the dog early on so we can reevaluate what we're doing and um you know provide our dogs better support i love the example that you used because i think that it's just it just comes naturally to so many people just want to go and give them a squash and a kiss you know and i think i, I hope that this reaches all listeners and and we can just be more mindful about what we're doing and how it's being interpreted on the other side and um sidur for people who want to learn this language can you share some resources that are available to everyday pet parents Yes, absolutely. The easiest thing just go Google calming signals. You will end up on a bunch of resources. There's a Wikipedia page uh, and there are uh, you know a lot of articles today these days being written by uh, about calming signals. So search for calming signals in dogs and you will definitely come across a lot of free uh, content. Uh if you want to learn more then the next thing I will recommend is uh Turid Ruger's her book uh, which is called On Talking Terms with Dogs. Uh so it's available on uh, most uh, book websites Amazon Flipkart and things like that. So that's my uh, next favorite resource and then the third one is uh I myself we have a course Box has a course on Udemy uh so you can go on Udemy and search for canine communication and you will end up in our course it's about a 3 hour course we show a lot of videos slow motion so that you can look at it and see uh, start developing an eye 
for recognizing these signals. It's it's a developed skill. You need to practice it a little bit. That's when you can really start seeing it because they go so quickly. So it's not enough to just know them. You have to then start practicing observing. And that is uh, where I think uh, the bulk of the time is going to go. I just want to add to this that um, Sindhur is an amazing teacher. And I have personally also done the Barks 101 course, which talks in detail about calming signals and it is wonderful so for anyone who wants to check it out please do yes our 101 is a slightly longer course it's the udemy course is a three-hour course only on canine communication but the 101 is a 20-hour course where we cover a lot more interesting things and maybe rashi we will do a few more podcasts where we talk about some of the other topics as well uh, which is very exciting but yes uh, i love teaching so i would love to teach you about it if you'd like to come to me but if not there are still many ways to learn about coming signals. Thank you, Sindhu. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lovely, really enlightening session and I hope people are going to go back and look at those signals and really, you know, connect better with their pets. Um, so thank you. I think it will really bring people and their pets closer and uh, I'm excited about what's to come. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much for doing this. I think this will help a lot of people and a lot of dogs. Awesome. Thank you, Sindhu. Thank you. I truly hope that you find great value in this podcast and it helps you connect deeper with your wonderful pet companions. <music>